Welcome this morning to those of you who are present and those of you who are present virtually. We welcome you. This morning, we invite you to spend time in the lectionary readings for this coming Sunday. Experience the word of God with us as we look at several portraits of reconciliation. The texts that we'll be using are in Jeremiah, the Psalms, and Colossians. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away, new things are coming into being. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We will look at reconciliation through gathering together of all things, reconciliation through prayer, and finally, reconciliation through peace. Please join me in prayer as we read responsively. This is uh, number 670 in the worship book. Our God, we gather to worship you, the creator, the one who creates all things. We gather to worship you, the one who brings salvation through Jesus Christ. We gather to worship you, the one who sustains us by the Spirit. We bring to you our offerings of thanks and praise for all your gifts. We worship you, our Creator, Redeemer and Sustainer. Amen. I would invite you to stand as we sing together the song, All Who Are Worthy, All Who Are Thirsty.
Good morning. It is a beautiful day to be inside today, and it is a beautiful day to enjoy the changing of the seasons. And it's a beautiful day to enjoy the art, the glass work here in the chapel. Uh, I do enjoy art myself. I am not an artist at all, uh, but I do enjoy it very much. And I want to tie that in with our meditation this morning. We're going to be reading now from Jeremiah chapter 23, the first six verses. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. Amen. As you think of this motif of reconciliation, I think of things being brought together. I'm not very good at reconciling my bank account, but I love to see people brought together. I love to see hearts brought together. I love to see communities mended. And as I think of this, I think of of mosaics. This is a, a space in Philadelphia called Magic Gardens. It was going to be torn down for a a subway line, a train line through town, until one man decided he was going to turn it into an art exhibit, and so he did. And it grew, and it grew, and it takes up a huge space, and obviously is more than just a picture on a wall. It's a space to be, it's a space to, to breathe, it's a space for people to contribute. It wasn't just one person who did this. And I love mosaics, especially the ones that are made from recycled pieces, from found items, and I think we see a lot of that even in some of these photos, just pieces that were broken, bottles that were discarded, things that were used for one purpose and set aside, and then an artist can come in and bring them together. Bicycle wheels, glass bottles, old tiles. Mosaics can be very big and and three-dimensional and take up an entire space of what should be a building or should be a train track, according to some. But mosaics are not haphazard. Mosaics take planning. They take time. They take sorting. They take choosing. They take arranging. And they take rubbing off some of the rough edges in order to fit them together as they belong. And that's such a beautiful picture of God's church in my mind. Things that are cast off 
people that don't have a place, people that maybe come from a broken place, a broken background, that don't have a place, that don't have a home, that don't know where they fit. God gathers, God brings together, God arranges, and God makes beautiful things where once there was just destruction. As Anabaptists, we claim that Jesus is the center of our faith and community is the center of our life and reconciliation is the center of our work. And reconciliation is hard and reconciliation is challenging and reconciliation involves people with wills. But it involves a creator who has a plan in mind, who has a beautiful work in mind that we can't see. In the passage, we see a people that has been scattered, a people that has been broken, and a people that has been, God is longing to bring together and to bring to a place of care and shelter. God started his work with a very unremarkable couple, two people who we wouldn't know anything about if it wasn't for God's redemptive plan in their life. And from those two people, he created a people. And today we are part of that people, started thousands of years ago. And we're different people from different places and different cultures. Thankfully, different colors, different languages. And I thank God for what he is arranging. And I thank God for our part in being able to be part of that. That we get to gather that which was set apart and cast off that we get to see God begin to put those things back together in patterns that we wouldn't be aware of, that we would never think of what our part in that mosaic might be. And I think of a passage from the last book in our Bibles, the book of Revelation, where we see this unfolding at the end, and we see that as this vision is unfolded before John, he tries to grasp for words to express what he could see. And at one point he says that I looked and before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every tribe, every nation, every people, every language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And I look forward to seeing that. I look forward to seeing the gathering of God's people. I'm glad we get to be part of it in our day. That we may bring God's people in rough edges, chipped pieces, unsure where they belong. And yet God has a place, a specific place for each one of us. Let's rejoice that he has called us to be part of that gathering, reconciling work.
I'll be reading Psalm 46 as a prayer. At several sections, I'm going to pause with my hands uplifted to invite you to join me in prayer. And um, we'll pray silently for the the subject of, of that moment. And then I'll put my hands down and I'll continue reading the Psalm. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, Selah. God, you are our refuge and strength. We do not fear. We pray for ourselves and for our concerns. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. 
God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God, you're in our midst. We pray for our cities and communities. God will help the city when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. God, you love the people of the nations. We pray for places around the world. God utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. God, we pray for peace, for Ukraine, for Russia, for Afghanistan. God breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah.
from Paul to the church in Colossus, and I read, they say, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. May you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth we are created, things visible and invisible whether thrones or dominion, or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Thanks be to the word of his reading. I've asked, and I'm going to say it again, is it possible to find peace in this world? Can we truly find peace in this world? In all that is happening around us, is it actually possible for there to be peace? Looking at families, looking at issues happening everywhere, sometimes you wonder, can we truly find that peace? And I know we all have different answers to that. But I'm here to tell you that the peace that we need is not in this world. It comes from above. And that's why John chapter 14, the Gospel of John writes. And he said, he said, Jesus Christ was speaking to his disciples. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Jesus was saying that through him you can find the true peace. And all through the Old Testament, you will hear about him desiring for peace to be created. And that's why the book of Isaiah tells us about the Prince of Peace, which is Jesus Christ. So in him we find peace. In him we have the fullness of peace. I'm going to be looking at peace in two dimensions this morning. One is peace with God, and the other is peace with man. P 
peace with God is the assurance that God is both able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can imagine or think of. That in the midst of those trials, in those fears, in those troubles, if you can hold on to him, if you can trust him, the peace of God will come. Is that peace of God that we have or that desire for that peace that made him send his son to bring us back to him? I have sometimes told people that peace is more beneficial to us because it's through that peace that you can actually communicate to God. God does not walk in troubled waters. You must have a state of peace of mind. And that was why Paul was writing to the Galatian church. He said he was talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And he said joy, peace, and love. That is the inner strength you need to be able to run through the affairs of life. Do we actually have that peace of God? Are we held down by the, by the challenges of life that we tend to not recognize where God or who God is to us? Are we so fearful that we don't pay attention to the one who made the heaven and earth? in those trials. Jesus was with his disciples in Mark chapter 4, and they were troubled. They were afraid. They were worried. And he came in the midst of them, and he said, peace be still. Peace be still from a point of assurance of who he is as God. And peace was still. The other part I want to look at is peace with man. Peace with man. You look at families today, as small as a family is, in the midst of three, four people, there is so much division in families. There is so much separation in families. And most times when you ask what the issues are, you can't hold on to anything tangible. So if you could not find peace in the family. So how do we want to restore a community? If we don't find peace in a community, then how do we want to restore a state? The, the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 12, he said, follow peace with all men. It doesn't mean that everybody will be nice to you. It doesn't mean that everybody will be kind to you. But it's a requirement that we need that we must follow peace with all men. Desmond Tutu is a renounced bishop in South Africa. And he said something about peace in his quotes. He said, if you want peace, you don't talk to your friends. You talk to your enemies. So if we actually desire peace, I'm not looking for David, my friend. I'm looking for that one that I'm not reconciled with. That's the person you need to talk to. And as we look through the seasons of the Thanksgiving and the seasons of uh, Christmas coming forth, what steps are we going to make to actually talk to that enemy that we claim to be an enemy? What steps are we going to take to bring about a change in our world? If we could 
start from our family. Just like in the world of Desmond Tutu, talking to one friend that has offended us, and that's where the peace starts from. We might not be able to change the states, but we can change our family. We might not be able to be in the Senate or in the government, but we have authority to turn the affairs of things in our family. And if every one of us could take a step and begin to make a difference, that's where the difference in the world starts. That's where it all starts. So I, I want us to pay attention to the areas that we have what it takes to bring changes. I want us to pay attention to those things that we can do, those little things that we can do that brings about a transformation. The image here speaks about peace. And just like Dave said, it's a, we could be broken in pieces, but in those pieces that people have broken us into, if we could see God in it, the God of peace, then we can begin to put those pieces together or those pieces together that will form something creative that will actually bring out a transformation of that piece. You could see love moves. And if you remember what I said earlier, I said the three fruits of the spirit, that's the inner strength has to do with love. So if you truly love and you are, there's the joy of Lord in you, then the peace of God will reign with you. They all work together is very important. Mother Teresa said that peace begins with a smile. It begins with a smile. And my question is, you know, one of the things I learned when I came to the US in the West Coast is that most times people don't smile. But the question is that how much is the depth of that smile? Is it actually coming from your inner heart? Do you actually, is it, you can't give what you don't have do your heart within you actually breathe out peace? How much of the peace do you have around you? Is how much of the peace you have around you that you can give out to people? So I pray that the peace of God, which passes over understanding, will find us in our troubled situations, in our fear. And that we as human, that we are created by God, we should, irrespective of whatever the situation is, make peace with one another and talk to that enemy, not that friend. Those are my words for you today. And the Lord bless his word. Amen. Music has the ability to evoke much within us, from visceral responses to memories to emotions. The song that uh, we are going to sing to uh, in response to Chidi's words to us is a familiar one to most of you, probably, kind of. Having grown up uh, not in a Mennonite home, this, uh, but having learned this song at a young age, it evoked in me many uh, memories and visions of red, white, and blue, and 4th of July. 
And since our congregation has embraced this song and sung it together in many different, many different times, in many different ways, this song, as we are going to sing it now, and even when I just hear the tune, it now evokes in me a longing for and a testimony to God's peace that Chidi spoke to us about. So as you sing this song, I invite you to sing the message, to hear these words as a promise that God's peace will make us one. have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You are speaking truth to power. You are laying down our souls. Replanting every vineyard till the bread
next song, the last song that we're going to end with is not on the screens, but I invite you to take your voices together. And as we have heard that we are new creations in Christ, then this is through God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that passage in 2 Corinthians goes on to tell us that we are ambassadors of reconciliation. And so I invite you to stand and end this time together with us, preparing to go out and spread the reconciliation through gathering together, through prayer, and through peace as we sing together number 790 in Voices Together. Number 790, how can we be silent having heard this message today? So would you stand and sing with us? Thank you.
as ambassadors of reconciliation. Amen.